AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown and AEW Rampage post show for September 9th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. A little decent night of pro wrestling action tonight. Nothing really too crazy. I actually appreciate the downtime. I appreciate things when they're busy because it keeps me on my toes. It keeps you guys entertained. The content continues to get out there. But I would be lying to you if, if, if I told you I didn't enjoy the last 36 hours or so, man. Coming out of that Dynamite post show where we did 5,100 live, probably the biggest AW live stream we did on Wednesday night for Dynamite. I didn't do jack shit on Thursday. I didn't do jack shit today. I tried to rest up after what was one of the most newsworthy weeks possibly of all time with what was going on with CM Punk and everything regarding his status in AEW with the elites and Colt Cabana and Tony Khan and how everything is going down over there. I didn't do shit. Had a nice couple of cold beverages last night, some fine adult cold beverages, played Destiny all day, played Destiny all day today. I took a nap in the afternoon and I got ready for SmackDown. Great. Now I'm ready to go. Now I'll be up all night. That's the fucking negative about it. But SmackDown tonight, man, very enjoyable show. I'm enjoying what Triple H is doing slowly but surely on SmackDown. I feel like SmackDown's putting out better content, better shows than Monday Night Raw. Last couple of weeks, Monday Night Raw has been slightly boring. They've put out a couple of uh, missable shows. SmackDown seems to be gaining a lot more momentum. Now, I don't know if that's because it's a two-hour show mixed with the fact that it's on Fox and they need to really make that show stand out more so than Monday Night Raw. I wonder if it's something along the lines of how it was back in the day. If Monday Night Raw got too hot, WWE would, you know, dumb it down for SmackDown and vice versa. I don't know why we can't have both shows just operating on all levels, you know, firing on all cylinders. If SmackDown, remember 2016 when SmackDown was putting out some of the best SmackDown shows ever and was written by... Road Dogg and Ryan Ward, and they were putting out NXT-level shows on SmackDown back in 2016 and that early part of 2017. Remember when SmackDown was getting a lot of fanfare? They dumbed it down because obviously it couldn't be out doing Monday Night Raw because Monday Night Raw then was the A-show. To me, it's still the A-show, but when you got SmackDown on Fox, it's not really looked at as the A-show as far as media partners are concerned. But... I hope to, to, you know, say 
as far as the Finn reaction to the WWE product, I, I hope we don't get one better than the other. I hope that they're both equal and they're both even. And SmackDown right now seems to be pulling away with the quality of shows that they're putting on over Monday Night Raw, especially like I said in the last couple of weeks. We had a decent show tonight. Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, they got their probable Extreme Rules program underway. It's been underway for a little bit, but now we got confirmation that Roman Reigns is not going to be there. I got news on that. And Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross more than likely will be a semi-possible main event for Extreme Rules in October when WWE invades Philadelphia. We got Ronda Rousey. She is confirmed as Liv Morgan's opponent at Extreme Rules. So long for Liv Morgan's SmackDown women's title reign. That's coming to an end very, very quickly. Enjoy the last few weeks you have as Liv Morgan with championship gold around her waist. We got the big brawl that was, or the the, the match, the triple, the, the uh, six-man tag that we got with the Brawling Brutes and the Imperium guys. Imperium is back. Imperium is in WWE on the main roster, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And I don't know where Triple H's mindset is going into Survivor Series. This could potentially be a Survivor Series match. We could see a possible War Games. I, I, I said it, and now people are starting to pick up on it. I know for a fact I've been one of the first people on here to talk about the abundance of factions in WWE. It seems like they're adopting the old AEW you know, mentality. Everybody's got to be in a faction. So it looks like we're getting a lot of different factions on WWE TV. I don't know if that is done purposely or if it's just happenstance, but I'm quite enjoying it. And I think it adds a level of intrigue to the television show, somewhat, you know, kind of similar to what AEW did, but I feel like WWE could benefit from several factions getting involved in different storylines. I think it's a great idea. I really do. So I like what's going on there. And uh, that was basically SmackDown. Really nothing else happened out of the ordinary. It was a very straightforward show. One of the most exciting things I was excited about tonight was that LA Knight tease. We got an LA Knight, Max Dupree, shedding the gimmick and going back to LA Knight. I think that's going to be great. So you guys didn't see it on the actual show. You had to go to WWE.com to see it, and then they posted it on social media. He's like, to get through the day, you got to get to the night. Or to get to the night, you got to get through the day or something along those lines. And he teased bringing back the LA Knight character. Because let's be real, the Maximum Male Models as a faction is a failure. And those two guys aren't going anywhere, and he's just a part of that sinking ship, and Triple H knows it. Triple H knows that he's too good for that. So we're going to come up with something to get him out of there and give him his L.A. Knight character back. And it's going to be basically him starting all over again. It's almost as if the L.A. Knight that you've seen in NXT never even existed. So we're going to get that, hopefully, and we'll talk about that because they went up against uh, Street Profits and Hit Row tonight on SmackDown. On AEW Rampage, it was a tape show. You guys know how I feel about AEW Rampage being taped. Good show tonight. We got Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen in a match to see who goes on to wrestle John Moxley in the AEW Tournament of Champions. So those two semifinal matches are happening on Dynamite Wednesday. It should be a big, big deal. Tonight we saw Sammy Guevara 
and Darby Allen go one-on-one. Darby Allen, unfortunately, lost. I was looking forward to a potential Darby Allen-John Moxley match, but we're going with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, the two semifinal matches. That will be taking place at uh, Dynamite, and the winners of those matches will meet at Grand Slam the following week to crown a new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. No interim bullshit. This is a world champion being crowned as CM Punk is injured. He will be out for nine months, and he will be off AEW television. His status on how he is and if he's coming back to the company, unknown. We don't know what's going on with him at all, and uh, it's probably the right decision to not know what's going on with him because we need to get AEW back on track and that locker room back the way that it was before CM Punk got to the company. And we had Claudio defend the Ring of Honor World Championship against Dax Harwood tonight. Excellent match. Only adds to how great Claudio is and only adds to Dax Harwood potentially being wrestler of the year in 2022. Awesome match there. Even though I don't really care for the Ring of Honor titles on AEW television, I'm never going to turn away from a Dax Harwood and Claudio match in any capacity. So we got a lot to talk about, guys. I got news on Roman Reigns. I got news on Pat McAfee. He's no longer with WWE until the end of the college football season. So we got a lot of news, and we're going to get into it tonight on the podcast. And I appreciate you guys joining me for your Friday Night SmackDown coverage. 2,000 in the venue. Thank you so very much. Hit that thumbs up. I see less than 500 likes. We're going to need 1,000 likes minimum right off the bat. So that's the first order of business, man. A thousand likes on the podcast tonight. Hit that thumbs up. Show me your support. Hit that thumbs up if you're excited about the LA Knight return to WWE television. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are well on our way to 138,000 subscribers. We just hit 137, not only a couple of days ago. So thank you guys very much for all the support and all the love. Podcast is absolutely on fire right now. We are the number one live streamed, most requested podcast in YouTube or on YouTube in the IWC. Bar none. It's all because of you guys. Thank you so very much. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. I got my ice cold beverage as always. So get them on in. Memberships are open. You guys can hit that join button at the bottom of the screen. Hit that join button, become a channel member. Or what I like to call you guys, my VIPs. You're going to sit VIP with me right behind me, man. The weather's going to get a lot chillier. So those fire pits, you're going to want to be there. Believe me. So make sure you guys hit that join button. You're getting seven new emotes on top of the emotes that you currently got for all channel members. And two new badges coming in just a few weeks. I can't wait to unveil them. They are awesome. So make sure you guys hit that join button and become a channel member right now on OTS. And tonight's show, we got a brand new sponsor for tonight's show, man. Tonight's show is sponsored by Established Titles. I am now referred to as a lord. I have my paperwork right here. I am now Lord JD from NY. You don't believe me? We'll go over it later, man. Established Titles is sponsoring the podcast tonight for your SmackDown and AEW Rampage post-show. 
you guys can get 10% off any purchase with code SCRIPTS at establishedtitles.com slash scripts. Lord JD. Lord JD. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Right before I go to Dublin in about a month, I am now a lord. And I got paperwork on it. How great is that? Not only am I the king of the IWC, now you can call me the lord of the IWC. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, man, let's get on with the SmackDown portion of the Friday Night Podcast. SmackDown started off with Corey Graves and Michael Cole. Pat McAfee is not there. Pat McAfee will not be there for a little bit as he has a new gig Julian Ortega, get him out. There you go, bro. I'll do it myself. Get him out. Julian Ortega. You know, bro, you got you to gotta wait four weeks to chat in this fucking live stream, and that is your response? That is your one comment. Now you got to wait another four weeks so that your burner account can go and fucking comment on my live streams, and then I'll find you then and perma-ban you then. And you'll embarrass yourself in front of everybody and create multiple troll accounts to want to be here because you're going to want to be here because where are you going to go? I guarantee you go somewhere else, you fall asleep in about fucking 10 seconds. Get out. Get out. There you go. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Stepping away from his SmackDown duties. McAfee said this week on his podcast, that he will be putting his SmackDown duties on hold during the college football season, but he is still part of the WWE family. McAfee said that he was thinking about doing both gigs at the same time, but it's tough for him to keep up with the travel schedule, and WWE suggested for him to take the time away, and he could return when the time is right. Now one of our guys is on college game day, McAfee said in regards to a text message he got from an OG from WWE, after praising the company on his show. Triple H even tweeted out, and I quote, Pat McAfee approached us about his amazing opportunity with College Game Day. We'd never stand in Pat's way as he continues to architect his exceptional career. Pat will remain a member of the WWE Universe, and we look forward to his return, hashtag, up to something season. Pat McAfee's going to be missed. I'll tell you that right now. Pat McAfee and Michael Cole probably were the best color commentator, play-by-play commentator in the business. And Pat McAfee has added a lot, not only to SmackDown, but to Michael Cole's overall game. He brought a fun atmosphere to the show. He brought a more organic feel to Michael Cole's presentation, making him laugh, going off the script and saying outlandish shit. That WWE obviously is going to let him get away with because let's be real, he's Pat McAfee and the audience that he has is tremendous, and WWE knows that. So I'm going to miss him. I know a lot of those other people out there like me who are smart are going to miss him and want quality are going to miss him. But you're replacing him with Corey Graves, and Corey Graves is also excellent at his job, and I'm a big Corey Graves, Mark. Even though he can be a little iffy at times, Corey Graves is excellent at what he does. Corey Graves may be the best color commentator in the entire business, and we just got a a $200 super chat. My goodness. Holy shit. You guys are absolutely incredible, man. 
absolutely incredible. Elijah Record with a $200 bomb in the chat. Holy shit. You know, one of the things, one of the things I did not get as an emote, I may have to hit them up and get eight new emotes instead of the seven. I don't have a bomb emoji, but you guys put bomb emojis in the chat. Elijah, $200 super chat. He says, showing some love. JD been watching since 2014. Keep up the great work as always. Can't wait to see what Triple H has in store for Cross. Hashtag OTS for life. Hashtag get him out. Get him out. Thank you so much, brother. Elijah with a $200 super chat. That deserves another standing ovation from the fine patrons here at the OTS Beer Garden, man. Thank you so very much, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable you guys are. The support this week has been tremendous. Pat McAfee's going to be missed, man. Corey Graves, obviously, I'm a big Corey Graves mark, like I said. Uh, we're uh, we're going to get the same quality with Graves, and McAfee will be missed, but Corey Graves is going to fill in and do an exceptional job, as always. I wonder if he's going to work Monday and Friday. Now, I know he kind of joked around about it, but seeing how WWE is a little bit more easygoing now and, and the days at the office are a little bit more fun, fun-filled, uh, Corey Graves might not actually mind working Monday and Friday night. So we will see what happens. Carmella may have a problem, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But that is going to be the commentary duo on SmackDown until we get Pat McAfee back from his college football duties. So he will be missed. And I thought uh, that was an excellent decision to bring in Graves instead of going out and getting somebody completely new and then fucking up the chemistry on Friday night. We go into SmackDown, and the first thing that we see is Imperium. We got Gunther. We have Giovanni Vinci. And we have Ludwig Kaiser. And I said this during the Clash of the Castle post-show. You guys are going to want to keep an eye on Imperium. You guys are going to want to keep an eye on Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser. Obviously, the former Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. They are Imperium, but now it is Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. Imperium, when it's Ludwig and Giovanni, I'm telling you this right now, you may have your Usos, and you may have your New Days, and you may have your Street Profits out there, and the marks that find those tag teams to be the best in WWE. I'm telling you right now, pound for pound, for pound in that ring, Imperium, when it's Kaiser and Vinci are the best in-ring tag team that WWE currently has. And you saw it tonight. And you will continue to see it. And they're going to be a major proponent of WWE television. I love it. This is awesome. And their first major feud as a faction together is against the Brawling Brutes. And I think this is fucking great. Now, I was not a big fan of Ridge Holland and the way Vince McMahon booked Butch. You know, he had him come out looking like a fucking old school paper boy with the goddamn paper boy hat and suspenders and these fucking gray slacks. And he was wearing shoes with no socks. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Sheamus, you know, obviously the leader of the group. Everybody loves Sheamus. I mean, if you don't love Sheamus, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. But now, under Triple H, you see the night and day presentation of Seamus, Rich Holland, and Butch under Triple H compared to what you saw 
of their presentation in the Vince McMahon era. You see it. And they're getting over because of these gradual, slow but sure changes. And they're getting over because of how good Sheamus is. And they're getting over because people love brutality. At the end of the day, we're all fucking human beings. But at some point, it is so aesthetically pleasing to watch two grown men like Seamus and Gunther beat the living shit out of each other for our enjoyment and pleasure. And that's what people are enjoying. You are letting them be them. And it's getting over. Simple is best. Just trust the process. And that's what Triple H is doing. I'm sure Triple H already knew what he had in Gunther. But the fact that he's just letting them go out there and be themselves, that's what's getting it over. Why are the Brawling Brutes baby faces now? Why? Because they are allowed to be them. Why are the Brawling Brutes baby faces? Because that's how good Sheamus is. Why are the Brawling Brutes baby faces? Because Triple H is allowing Gunther to be himself. I love it. We're watching great shit right before our very eyes. Two things here. One, Pete Dunne. And no, I'm not going to do, let me at him, Reggie. I can't do that no more. He's not acting that way anymore. Good. I didn't want to be doing that to Pete Dunne. I didn't want to be coming on here acting like Scrappy. Let me at him, Scoob. I don't want to do that. Reggie. No, I don't want that. I want bruiserweight Pete Dunn back. And that's what you're getting. No more fucking schoolboy hat. No more suspenders. No more slacks. He's coming out looking like the bruiserweight. Before you know it, Triple H is going to put him back to Pete Dunn. When all is said and done. Slow but sure changes. Gunther and Imperium came out tonight. And I actually marked out just a little bit. I'm like in my phone tweeting, right? And all of a sudden I hear Gunther's theme music off. I'm like, oh shit, they brought back his old theme. Symphony number nine was fan-fucking-tastic as Gunther's theme. I'm not a fan of his current theme. His NXT theme was fucking great. Now WWE, it's not a WWE trademark song or anything, but you could redo it in that way. Just like Mikey Ruckus for AEW did Flight of the Valkyries for Brian Danielson. He basically just did a different version of it. The essence of it is still there. I don't know why WWE couldn't do that. I kind of marked out thinking that they gave Gunther his old theme song back, but it was just the beginning notes of it, maybe about three, four seconds, and then they get into his current theme. So we marked out for a little bit, and it went right back to his normal theme, his current theme right now that he has in WWE. This was great. They went nearly 20 minutes. Triple H gave these six guys the time to go out there and just kill each other. The teases between Sheamus and Gunther got the crowd on their feet in Seattle. People are loving the brutality. I love it. Wild opener. Excellent opener. And the fans went crazy for more Gunther and Sheamus. Imperium tried to isolate Rich Holland early. Holland fired back after tagging in Butch. Uh, As he fired back, he tagged in Butch, rather. Butch took over as he targeted Giovanni Vinci. Gunther tagged in. Butch was in the ring, and these guys have a history from NXT UK. Obviously, Pete Dunne lost the NXT UK championship to Walter in NXT UK. Excellent feud there. Sheamus tagged in. Crowd got to their feet. They went to commercial break as if, you know, 
They were going to continue fighting through the commercial break, and when we get back, it'll be these two guys in the ring. So they both tagged in. They tease each other, and, and they go at each other, and we go to commercial break, and when we get back from commercial break, they're not even in the fucking ring. So why do that hot tag and get people excited and the, the audience at home doesn't get to see any of it? That's a lame duck way to go into a commercial. So when we get back from break, it's Kaiser and Holland in the ring. It's not Sheamus and Gunther. Holland responded with a headbutt to Kaiser. Kaiser went after the leg and Holland was being beat down in his corner. They isolated the ring off from Holland. So Butch got the hot tag again. He ran wild. He knocked Imperium off the apron. He went after Giovanni Vinci's fingers. Gunther then rocked Butch with a shot behind the referee's back. Sheamus and Gunther outside briefly traded shots. Big pop when they got at it. And things got broken up. In the ring, Vinci was going at it with Butch. He destroyed Butch with a clothesline. And they were in control once again. We go to another commercial break. We get back from this commercial break. And Gunther is in the ring. And he's got a Boston Crab on Butch. Butch tried to fight back. Gunther cut him off. Fans broke into a We Want Sheamus chant. It's so great seeing Sheamus as a babyface, man. It's so great. And, you know, again, like I said before, he's gotten over. They, they, they basically flipped the switch just like that because of how good they are and how good Sheamus is. They were healing. Then after that match with Gunther, I don't know how you could fucking boo him. So that's what happened there. So We Want Sheamus, We Want Sheamus. Sheamus got the hot tag, big pop. He came in, destroyed Kaiser with... The 10 forearms or the 10, uh, you know, shots to the chest. Uh, he knocked Gunther off the apron, gave Kaiser a white noise onto Giovanni Vinci. Sheamus hit a bro kick on Vinci. Kaiser rolled up Sheamus for a near fall. Holland had Kaiser beat. Gunther broke it up with a chop. Holland gave Kaiser a drop kick. Kaiser took a nasty fall on the outside. Um, Sheamus and Gunther traded shots in the ring. Another big pop for these two guys going at it. All six guys started brawling, and the fans were going crazy. Sheamus and Gunther fought around ringside. In the ring, Vinci made a blind tag. Imperium hit their finish, which they call the Imperial Bomb. And that is uh, a powerbomb European uppercut combo off the top rope. This is Vinci with a powerbomb, and Kaiser coming off the top rope with a European uppercut combo. Down on Holland for the win. One, two, three, and that was it. Excellent opener to SmackDown, and that's the way the show started. Great shit. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know where we go from here because I'm telling you right now, 
Gunther is not losing that Intercontinental Championship anytime soon. He should not, especially for the remainder of the year. He should not lose that Intercontinental Championship. My thing is, we are in September. WrestleMania isn't till April. This is what I need to have happen. We get Gunther going on a Intercontinental Championship title reign of terror. He dominates everybody. Maybe we take this feud and give it a little bit of a break. Maybe maybe Imperium feuds with another faction on SmackDown in the time being because I don't know if we can take this feud all the way from now until WrestleMania. I think that is not going to work. And I think we'd be burned out by it by the time we get there. Gunther is the type of guy, you know, you talk about records being broken. Gunther is the type of guy that you could take this Intercontinental Championship with and just by him holding it and being dominating, you could erase all of the negative fucking feeling about the title and you could erase all of what Vince McMahon did to bury that title by having it on Gunther and having him have a tremendous title reign. You know, talk about records being broken. Gunther realistically is the guy that you look at and you say to yourself, who the fuck is going to beat this guy? Who's going to beat him? There isn't anybody legitimate enough to beat him on this roster. Sheamus is a part of that small, very small group of people. He is the type of guy to go out there and break the honky-tonk man's record of the longest reigning intercontinental championship reign of all time. Gunther is that guy. Will we get that? I don't know. It is certainly possible, and this is the guy to do it. But what I need to have happen here is we need this match. The next time that they wrestle should be at WrestleMania. The next time for the Intercontinental Championship should be at WrestleMania. I'm sure there'll be another match somewhere, possibly at Extreme Rules. Maybe we get one, you know, at December's pay-per-view, whatever the fuck that is, or day one. I know day one's going to be back as a pay-per-view in January. I don't need Sheamus winning the Intercontinental Championship before WrestleMania. This is a WrestleMania moment. For all the the times WWE wants to tout moments, and this is a, 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 a you know an industry of moments, right? Everybody talks about their fucking moment. Sheamus has never held the Intercontinental Championship, ever. This is the one title in the entire company he's never held. He's done everything else. Every other title he's won. Why would you do that before WrestleMania? This is a moment for that man's career that will probably go down as the biggest of his entire career, winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. Gunther drops the title to Sheamus. They already got a five-star classic underneath their belt. Dave Meltzer gave them a five-star rating for what they did at Clash of the Cats. Can you imagine what they do at a WrestleMania? That's what I'm doing. Gunther versus Sheamus for the IC title. Build this thing up until WrestleMania. How we get there, I don't know. Paul Levesque's a smart guy. That's how we do it. Sheamus and the moment he wins the Intercontinental Championship should not happen before WrestleMania. I talk about moments. The last moment that we talked about that was this big was Big E winning the WWE Championship, and Vince McMahon fucked that up. He fucked it up so badly that Big E had one of the worst title reigns In WWE history, that man did shit with the title. They didn't make him look like a credible champion at all. They gave it to him in the worst way possible, and it was nothing more than a ratings pop. 
WWE hot shot the title on Big E because they thought it was a moment, and it really was not. Meanwhile, this man won money in the bank, should have waited till WrestleMania to fucking cash that shit in and give him a moment there, and WWE didn't do it. I booked that shit perfectly to even have it happen at SummerSlam, and WWE didn't do it. They did it on a random Monday Night Raw in Boston. You fucking serious? Yes, because people are going to go back and watch that particular episode of Monday Night Raw. Give me a break. You only get one moment. You only get one moment like that. You only get one chance like that, and WWE fucked it up. First impressions are everything, man. You only get one moment to tell that story, and WWE fucked it up. I do not want to see the same thing happen with Gunther and Sheamus. I don't. This is tremendous. I'm very curious to see what Triple H does with these six guys going into Survivor Series. Possible war games? Possible war games? I don't know. I don't know. We will see what happens. Very interesting stuff here by both teams. Solo Sokoa joins the bloodline. We got Sami Zayn and the Usos out there. They made their way to the ring. Solo Sokoa in the main event tonight against Drew McIntyre's first match on the WWE main roster already in the main events. Graves is out there saying Sami Zayn is like a valuable neighbor checking on your mail and trash when you're gone. That's basically what Corey Graves thinks of Sami Zayn and the bloodline. So, Sami introduced the segment, Seattle, the bloodline is in your city. He then asked them to throw those ones up. Some fans threw the ones up. Some shook their heads and said no. Jimmy was smiling at Sammy. Jimmy loves Sammy. Jimmy Uso loves Sammy. Jay does not like Sammy at all. So when Sammy said he grew up an honorary Uso, Jay interrupted and said no. No, that's not even funny. No, no, no. Jay said Roman Reigns. Business now. Roman Reigns is still the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion after beating Drew McIntyre on his home turf. Why? Because of the street champion, our younger brother, Solo Sokoa. Sokoa made his way to the ring to his own music. They had this video clip set up for him walking on a street some clips of NXT, and then his interference at Clash of the Castle ruining Drew McIntyre's moment of winning the title. Sammy pointed at him when he got in the ring, and he stood center of the ring with a microphone in his hand. He came out wearing black shorts, dressed in a black hoodie, just like he did at Clash. He stood there, and he got a great heel reaction. He got booze rained down upon him. He said, if you come for his family... He comes for you, and if you cause problems, he solves them. Solo Sokoa is here to stay. And the bloodline just got bigger and stronger, and all four guys threw up the ones as the Usos said, you the twos, and we the ones. Sammy's back there, you know, basically throwing up the ones. Sammy had a great line. Sammy had a great line. And I believe I posted it on Twitter. Let me see if I can pull up my tweets. It was fucking hilarious because I tweeted about it when he was in the segment. Jay Uso said something, and he said, Drew McIntyre found out how deep the bloodline runs. And then Sami Zayn chimes in after he says that. He says, 
Deep AF, my dog. Sami Zayn is absolutely fucking incredible. Everything Sami Zayn does is great. When he gets kicked out of the bloodline, it's going to be great and it's going to be sad at the same time. I cannot wait to see that happen. And they're already teasing a Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns world title match happening at some point. Regardless of Roman, you know, now being out on TV, they're still teasing that happening. I thought this was a great segment. Drew McIntyre walked out with a chair in his hand. Sokoa was waiting for him in the ring. He did not back away. Drew, he lunged the chair into Solo's midsection. Sammy, he got involved again. So Solo Sokoa was on his knees. He was about to get blasted in the chair, in the back with the chair, and Sammy shoved him out of the way and took the chair shot instead for Solo Sokoa, and the bloodline retreated. Drew was yelling at Sokoa, I want you tonight. And Sokoa said, absolutely, you got it. And our main event was made. Very good segment here. I'm excited to see Solo Sokoa on the main roster. And I think the bloodline with him in the group is going to be even better than it was. I know he didn't want it. That's not the way he wanted it to be. But I honestly think at the end of the business day, this is what's best for business. Solo Sokoa in the bloodline, getting over in the bloodline, making a name for himself in the bloodline alongside the Usos and Roman Reigns. It is going to be something that even if he didn't want it, he's going to look back on his career and say, yes, it was the right decision. Absolutely. Now, Roman Reigns. Apparently, Roman Reigns is not going to be wrestling until the Saudi show in November. He's not going to be on TV all of September. He's not going to be at Extreme Rules. I don't know who his opponent's going to be at the Saudi show. We don't know what the name of the Saudi show is. We don't know if it's going to be you know, Crown Jewel, or if it's going to be Super Showdown, or, or what they got planned there. But Roman Reigns, his next opponent, is lined up, and it's not who you think. Kevin Owens has teased that he'll be the next challenger for Roman Reigns. However, this is not going to be the case at all. Dave Meltzer, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, says neither Owens or Seth Rollins are scheduled to face Roman Reigns in his next title match. Noting that Reigns won't be in action at next month's Extreme Rules event, Meltzer wrote, and I quote, Reigns is not on Extreme Rules on October 8th in Philadelphia, and his next major match is on the Saudi Arabia show. I was told it's not Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens, even though both have teased it, and based on build, one would expect those two matches at some point, end quote. I don't know what that means. That honestly scares the shit out of me. It really does. Now, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens should be a thing. I honestly think that would be a tremendous match. They may actually wait until Survivor Series to do that because Roman Reigns is holding both championships. I don't know if they go and do champion versus champion at Survivor Series. It is themed Raw versus SmackDown, so we may actually get that. Everybody but Roman. So we may actually get Roman versus Kevin Owens at the Survivor Series in the one match, the one token match that will not be, I guess it'll still be Raw versus SmackDown because Kevin Owens operates on Raw, and so does Seth Rollins. So either one of those guys work, but they won't be a champion. Neither one of those guys will be WWE champion as Roman Reigns holds both the WWE and Universal Championship. So in, in, in actuality, it'll still work because they are coming over from Monday Night Raw. So they may just wait to do either one of those two matches then. We may get Kevin Owens in November. We, we may get Seth Rollins in January at the Royal Rumble. We don't, we don't know. That'll be a nice homage to their last match, which took place in January 
at the Royal Rumble. 12 months, full circle. We'll see. But the thing is, if that's the case, who is he wrestling in Saudi Arabia? I don't know what they got planned. I don't know who they have coming on in. Because there's nobody else on that roster that will make it a marquee match for Roman Reigns. He's beaten everybody. Unless they go out and get somebody completely different. Somebody that we haven't seen. A legend that we haven't seen. I don't know. I don't know. How about WWE go and get Bill Goldberg? We've never seen that match before, right? Give me a fucking break. Can you imagine? So I don't know what they got planned for Roman Reigns in Saudi. We will see what happens. Either way, he is going to get a victory no matter who he wrestles because reportedly he's not losing those championships before WrestleMania. It's been talked about, but WWE is not going to pull the trigger, which I think is a mistake because I think Monday Night Raw absolutely needs a WWE championship. They need that championship back at the top of the card. It could be Randy Orton. It could be Randy Orton. I don't know when Randy Orton's due to come back, but that could be a match. Karrion Cross. I don't think they put Karrion Cross in that position. I think Randy Orton's very over to a point where he could take a loss and still remain bulletproof. Randy Orton fits. I don't know who else we could get. Strowman, maybe. I don't want to see that again. We've seen that way too many times, but this is a different Braun Strowman. This is a different Roman Reigns. I don't know. I don't think that's a big marquee match for a Saudi show, but we'll see. So WWE does have some options. It's up to them to make it exciting. So we'll see what happens. We got Aaliyah and Raquel. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Jesus Christ, man. She's out there smiling. Raquel, right? And Tejana Bomb and Tag Team Champion. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, my God. God, this shit sucks. We got Raquel and Aaliyah versus Toxic Attraction. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. So, I, I don't know what this means. I don't know if this means Toxic Attraction is getting called up to the main roster. Probably not yet. As Mandy Rose just unified the NXT UK and NXT Women's Championships... So she's going to be down there for a little bit longer. I don't know what we're doing with Toxic Attraction, but if I was to take a logical guess here, I don't think this is a call-up or an imminent one just yet. I just feel like WWE wanted to get this match out of the way because this was supposed to be the semifinal match before Raquel and Aaliyah went on to the finals to go wrestle Dakota Kai and Io Sky. And this match could have been, but Gigi Dolan suffered a concussion. So WWE opted to do it here. Uh, this really wasn't all that good at all. Same shit. Aaliyah's offense is terrible. Gigi Dolan is not very good in the ring. Neither is JC Jane. Uh, a lot of fluff here. Toxic Attraction cut a promo on a screen before the match, and they basically went over why they're better than Aaliyah and Raquel Gonzalez Rodriguez. But Rodriguez had the early advantage here. She press-slammed Aaliyah onto Jane for a near-fall toxic attraction, isolated Aaliyah, and beat her up before a hot tag to Rodriguez. Rodriguez is getting a little bit better, I will admit. She does look a little bit better. JC Jane is, uh, actually, no, it's Gigi Dolan she was going up against, and she knocked Gigi to the mat. She goes up and hits a twisting uh, elbow senton splash on Gigi for a near-fall. Toxic attraction took over again, went for a double suplex. 
Aaliyah out of nowhere speared Dolan, and Rodriguez hit the Tejana bomb on Jane for the win, and that is it. Basically, that is uh, all she wrote. So we got Aaliyah and <laughs> uh, the walking toothpaste and Rodriguez. Yeah, she gets the victory there. And they have their tag team title match on Monday against Damage Control. So Rodriguez and Aaliyah are putting the titles on the line against EO Sky and Dakota Kai. And I honestly think it is going to be the end of their short reign. I do think that the right decision needs to be made on Monday, and we need to fix the terrible booking decision that we had a couple of weeks ago when they won the women's tournament final. So I do think Dakota Kai and EO Sky will be the new women's tag team champions on Monday Night Raw. We got a video package recapping Ronda Rousey putting Adam Pearce in an armbar, which I thought was pretty cool. So they go over that segment. And we get a fatal five-way match. Fatal five-way match to earn a SmackDown women's title match at Extreme Rules. The thing is, WWE, you know, no matter what is going on with everything else on the show and how everything else is getting better, the women's division continues to be one of the most boring and the most unfocused in all of WWE. I don't know what's going on. You got Monday Night Raw's women's division a little bit better, actually a lot better than what you see on SmackDown. But SmackDown's women's division is just absolutely atrocious. It honestly is. And these matches are not doing the fans any favors. Tournament matches lasting not too long, and the tournament itself being, like, to me, a fucking curse for the titles. You know, you got matches like this that don't really do much of anything to generate any interest. Yet Zia Lee, Natalia, Sonia Deville, Lacey Evans, and Ronda Rousey in a fatal five-way number one contenders match. Why is Zia Lee? Why is Zia Lee in this match? I can't even tell you when Zia Lee last won a match. Why is she there? First of all, why are we even having a fatal five-way? Half of the fucking people in this thing don't even belong there. Natalia, maybe she belongs there. Maybe. Lacey Evans? How does Lacey Evans get a number one contendership opportunity when she's been off TV for six weeks? This is the shit that boggles my mind. Why is she there? She sucks. Nobody wants to see her at all. He did the heel thing, the babyface thing, back to the heel thing, and people don't give a shit about Lacey Evans. Why is she in this match? And don't tell me that there's nobody else. Nobody told you to book a fatal five-way. Nobody. Sonya Deville. Maybe she belongs there, but what has she done? Every single one of these women are losers. And then you have Ronda Rousey. WWE was better off giving Ronda Rousey the fucking title match instead of having Ronda go through these women and embarrass these women or these women embarrassing themselves. Illogical trash. You were better off giving Ronda Rousey the title match at Extreme Rules. Just hand it to her. Nobody watching this show expected Ronda Rousey to lose against Zia Lee, Natalia, Sonya Deville, and Lacey Evans. I don't get it. This was a five-minute waste of our time. 
Natalia tapped out to Rousey in a minute. What good is it? What good does that do Natalia? Now, Natalia is fucking as boring as dishwater, but that doesn't mean Natalia needs to be submitted in one minute. Sonia tapped out Zaya Lee. Ronda tapped out Lacey a minute later, so we got dual submissions at the same time. Now we're down to Sonia and Ronda, and they get three minutes. So they showed Liv Morgan watching the skybox, and it's Liv Morgan holding the championship up and eating popcorn and whatever the fuck she's doing up there. Rousey mounted Sonia, lifted her onto her shoulders for a Piper's pit attempt. Sonia counted into a sleeper and held on even when Rousey drove her backwards on the mat. They rolled to the floor where Rousey drove her into the barricade to break the hold. Back in the ring, Rousey was free, hit Piper's pit, followed by an ankle lock for the tap out. One, two, three. This is a number one contendership for the most important women's championship on the brand, and you rush through it with five women in five minutes. How does that bring a sense of importance to what the women are winning? How does that bring a sense of importance to the SmackDown Women's Championship? It doesn't. It's a waste of my fucking time, and it insults my intelligence. You're better off not having this shit on the show because it does none of these women any good. Ronda Rousey should have been handed the fucking title match, and that was it, instead of wasting my time. The women's division on Friday night sucks, and it needs a complete overhaul. Naomi and Sasha are not going to fix the women's division if they return. They're not. Backstage. The Usos. They gave Solo Sokoa a pep talk. Sokoa and Sammy stared at each other. Sokoa said, said Roman Reigns endorsed him. And he said, thank you for saving him out there. He said he appreciated his help out there. Sammy smiled and said, Roman knows what he's talking about. Sammy said, if Sokoa needs anything... They're all looking out for him. Sokoa says he's going to do this on his own, but if he needed help, he'd ask Sammy. Jay didn't like that. Jay didn't like Solo Sokoa saying that. So he said they're all going to go out there to support him. So Jay Uso didn't like Sammy saying that. Jimmy Uso said, Uso, it's not about that tonight. It's about Solo in the main event tonight. It's about him. It's about the bloodline. It's not about this right now. You arguing with Jay. So you see the little dissension there. It's building and building and building as the weeks go on. And Sammy and Jay are eventually going to come to a head and something's going to happen. When? I don't know. It's a matter of when, not if. This next segment was very interesting. Very interesting. Shayna Baszler is backstage and she congratulated and hugged Ronda Rousey. She wished Rousey luck against Liv Morgan. Ronda Rousey doesn't need luck against Liv Morgan. Rousey said she might be upset about losing, but what's better than winning is revenge. Let me know when you're ready to break some bones and take over the show with me. Are they teasing a Ronda Rousey-Shayna Baszler alliance? That is something I can get behind. That is something that I pitched a few weeks back. That is something that I want to see because when Sasha and Naomi come back, they ain't going to be feuding with fucking Raquel and Aaliyah. They're not going to be feuding with these other fucking 
wastes of talent on this show in this division. Lacey Evans and Shotzi Blackheart and fucking Natalia or whoever else they got. Sasha Banks and Naomi are going right to SmackDown and Sasha Banks and Naomi are feuding with Shayna Baszler and fucking Ronda Rousey. That is something to sink your teeth into. That is going to be awesome. And Liv Morgan, her days are numbered. Finished. Liv Morgan's title reign is coming to an end at Extreme Rules. I feel it. I sense it. And Ronda Rousey, she's going to have to win the championship at some point. You know that there's an expiration date, you Liv Morgan fucking geeks out there. Liv Morgan stands out there. There's an expiration date on this. Why? Because when Becky Lynch comes back, she's winning the Royal Rumble, and Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch will be your women's championship match at WrestleMania. That is what's going to happen. I think that's going to be great. Liv Morgan going heel? I don't know. I don't know. Seeing the reaction that she's been getting on a weekly basis, it might not be that bad of an idea. Fans are turning on her more and more every week, and it's just the booking. It's just the booking in Liv Morgan's character. Not good at all. Maximum male models. This is Massé and the Mansoir with Max and Maxine Dupree and Los Lotharios, Angel Garza, and Humberto. You guys know Humberto, right? Humberto. Carrillo. We don't got Angel Garza yet. I don't know. Did I, I looked away. I, mean, I went to go make a cup of coffee during this segment. Are, is he Angel Garza yet? Or is he still Angel? Is he Humberto Carrillo yet? Or is he still Humberto? Are they still Humberto and Angel? I don't know. Let me know. I walked away from this. First, the Street Profits. This is Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins and Hit Row. I'll be nice tonight. Hit Row. This is Top Dollar and Ashanti The Adonis. So, this match went about nine minutes. I was expecting an eight-way or eight-way. I was expecting a uh, eight-man tag team match. Mansoor or Mansoir was in control against Adonis. He tagged in Marseille. They double-teamed Adonis. They were posing. Of course they were. Dawkins landed a flying flip dive onto Angel and Humberto. Top Dalla was teasing the same. Top Dalla was teasing a fucking senton over the top ropes. Now, you may look at Top Dalla and think, Top is never going to land that. Top Dalla is never going to clear the top rope. I am here to tell you that when Top Dalla does it, he's going to do it. And it's going to be at a major show. Top Dalla isn't going to do this on SmackDown because... He's in a ring with Mansoor. He's in a ring with fucking Angel Dawkins. He's in a ring with Montez Ford, flipping around and flying around in there. So he's going to get outdone and outshined by any one of those guys. So when he does it, it's going to be all on his own, in his own element, with a tag team match with Adonis. Now, I've seen clips of him do it. He left WWE. He worked the indies. He actually is very athletic for a big guy, and he can clear the top rope, and he's done sentons on the indies over the top rope. So I know he can do it, but he teased it because he's going to do it at a later time. So he teased doing the swanton over the top. Maxine blocked him on the ring apron, befabbed and yanked her off the apron. 
Max got in B-Fab's face. Top dollar kicked Max in the face. He went down. Mansois leapt off the top rope. Top dollar caught him, and he brought him over to the corner. He had him on his shoulder like a fucking child. He had him in a suplex position. This is where Adonis was tagged in. Drop kick to Mansour. Combination back suplex by Top Dalla. The one, two, three. And the Street Profits with Hit Row win in this eight-man tag. Not really all that special, but the Profits and Hit Row get the win. Hit Row isn't really resonating with me. I don't know what it is. Uh, but if they are aligned with the Street Profits, they may be looked at as a better duo with the Street Profits than if they just came out and did their own thing. So uh, uh, whoever's idea it was, obviously it was Paul Levesque's idea or a combination of people backstage. Whoever uh, you know came up with the idea with the Street Profits to work with Hit Row, I think it's going to be a good move because they need the rub and everybody loves the Street Profits. So I think this is a good move to pair these two teams together. Chad Gable. He was there with Otis and they got destroyed on Monday Night Raw because of returning Braun Strowman. He destroyed the entire tag team division in one fell swoop. I hated it. I thought it sucked. I thought whoever booked it should be fired. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous as far as what they did here. Chad Gable's out there in Seattle. He's there with Otis. And they are there to ruin Braun's return to SmackDown, just like he ruined their match on Raw earlier in the week. He said if Otis had been, or had seen Braun coming, he would have decimated that idiot and left him laying. Gable said Otis is a superior athlete, something Seattle wouldn't know about. He said Seattle is the type of city that couldn't even hold onto its own basketball team. He got massive boos. From the Seattle crowd. I didn't realize how much Seattle was in love with the Supersonics. Even now, after all these years of the Supersonics not being uh, an NBA basketball team anymore. People are still salty over the Seattle Sonics being taken away from them. I didn't know. I didn't know that that it was that big of a deal. I, I didn't. So Chad Gable got absolutely fucking bombed. With booze. This was fantastic. That's the type of, if you're a heel, that's the type of heat you want if you're Chad Gable. He, he, was, he was honestly floored. It looked like he was floored by the amount of fucking hate that he got. He even gave an um, you know, and shushed the crowd. He's great. Chad Gable is fucking fantastic. All of a sudden, when he shushed the crowd, Braun Strowman's music hit and he interrupted, he interrupted again. Otis and Gable. Braun's got some new music. He's got the same in his opening theme, but it's a different guitar riff. It's a different tone of me of the music. It's still it's still like that heavy metal vibe to it, but it's a little different. I actually, from what I heard, I quite enjoyed it. I think it's a nice change of pace, even though I thought his old theme music was a lot better. But WWE's moving on with all the new theme musics. He comes out. He gets a big reaction, does Braun Strowman. Michael Cole yelled, it's deafening in here. No, it's not. Braun, he punched a charging Otis when he gets in the ring. Chad Gable interfered. Braun knocked him down. Otis attacked Braun. They had 
a slight advantage over Braun Strowman. Gable was giving Otis instructions. Braun body-checked him down and then clotheslined Otis. He powerbombed Gable, and he picked up Otis in a powerbomb. Corey Graves said, never in a thousand years. Are you kidding me, yelled Cole. He picked up Otis like he was a child. And he powerbombed Otis down, and Michael Cole said he's putting everyone on notice on the SmackDown roster. You know, I could sit here and do the wee I could do the Braun Strowman, and I could sit here and do uh, the stupid. Yeah, I could do all that shit. You know, a typical, very stereotypical Braun Strowman. I get it. But I am fair in everything that I do. I have to take the good with the bad. I have to let you know when it's bad. I have to let you know when it's good. I have to know, or I have to let you know when I like it and when I don't like it. I did not like Braun Strowman destroying all of the tag team division on Monday night. I did not like Chad Gable and Otis again being destroyed for a second day this week. This is beneath the Alpha Academy. This is beneath Chad Gable. This is beneath Otis. They're a great fucking tag team. They are over as a tag team. We need to start showing the Alpha Academy some level of respect. This is fucking beneath both guys. Getting dragged out there for Braun Strowman, being fed to Braun Strowman is fucking inexcusable. They're not jobbers. They're not. Why do you feel the need to send Gable out there all the time and do this type of fucking garbage? Can't find two fucking guys that aren't worth shit to go in there and fucking get beat up. I don't understand it. I didn't like that part. I don't like that. I didn't like Monday. I didn't like this. But I will tell you this. Braun Strowman being back, obviously, fans are excited to see him. Braun Strowman being back, I'm not a dummy. Braun Strowman is an impressive-looking human being. He looks great. He's always been decent in the ring, always. And if you compare decent and you take my words as decent and what I say about Braun Strowman, I'm comparing him to the other fucking fee-fi-fo-fumbling giants out there that aren't worth fucking shit. I take Braun Strowman any day of the week over fucking Omos. This is why Omos is not on television, because they got Braun Strowman back, the superior giant in the WWE. Omos wishes he was a tenth of what Braun Strowman was. Braun Strowman is not going to give you a Bret Hart fucking five-star classic. He's not. Braun Strowman's going to go in there and fucking destroy shit. That's fine. I just don't really care to see Braun Strowman do the same shtick that he did in WWE the last time. He didn't really do anything since that hot period when he was feuding with Roman Reigns, overturning ambulances and fucking walking through fucking fire and ambulances and car crashes like he's fucking, you know, Michael Myers. Ridiculous. Throwing Roman Reigns off of loading docks on a gurney. That's the Braun Strowman that was hot. Then WWE fucked him up. WWE with one F5 fucked him up. Remember when he wrestled Brock Lesnar at no mercy? 
That was the same show that John Cena and Roman Reigns had a match on. That was his moment. That was Braun Strowman's moment. And with one F5, one F5, he was finished. He never regained momentum coming out of that because he was treated like everybody else. He was treated like a regular schmuck on the main roster. One F5 took him down. He was not special after that. Nothing about Strowman resonated with me whatsoever. They ran that gimmick into the ground. So what is WWE's game plan now? What is their plan of attack with Braun Strowman? What is he going to do? Who is he going to feud with? I don't really care to see him feud with anybody. The only one I mentioned on Monday that I would really care about is a match with Gunther. And Gunther's going to be lined up with Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes. Maybe that is what I talked about earlier. You want a little takeaway from the Brawling Brutes and Imperium? You want a little detour from the Brawling Brutes and Imperium? Braun Strowman versus Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. Those are the types of guys that Gunther should be beating to give himself a fucking godlike title reign. That's something I can get behind. You know, Braun Strowman should not be brought back into the WWE to be made into a world championship caliber performer. You can keep him at the, at the top of the card and book him strong, but Braun Strowman realistically should be coming back to put other younger talent over, to be advancing storylines that are far greater than fucking Braun Strowman. I will admit he looks good. He looks impressive. He's in the best shape of his life. Fans love him for whatever fucking reason. I'm not a big Strowman guy, especially after the fucking comments he made during the pandemic to all the independent fucking workers out there. He thinks who the fuck he is. Thinks he should be world champion. He didn't do shit with the world championship. Not a single fucking thing to generate any interest. And I'm supposed to be excited about Braun Strowman returning. Meanwhile, I'd give that money to anybody else to come back to the WWE. But seriously, stop with the fucking bullshit of burying Alpha Academy. This is well beneath, well beneath Chad Gable. Drew McIntyre was backstage. He was interviewed. And he was asked how satisfying it will be to get redemption against Solo Sokoa tonight. Drew said Clash of the Castle should have been the biggest night of his career. He said 21 years of hard work led him to that one night. And the reason he didn't win it is because of one person, Solo Sokoa. He said he's sure his head of the table is very proud of him. But actions have consequences. I promise you tonight, you are not going to like the consequences of your actions. We'll see. This was the time when WWE had posted something on their Twitter page about the maximum male models. And they had LA Knight or Max Dupree backstage with Maxine Dupree. And you got Mansoir. And Marseille backstage, and they're all sitting there defeated. So they lost again, obviously, like I just went over, to hit Row and the Street Profits. Maxine Dupree was talking to them and said that they can't let this happen again. Max Dupree then stepped in and told them to lift their chins up. He then said, and I quote, you have to go through the day to get to the night. Yeah. And then he walked away with this, hmm, you got to go through the day to get to the night. 
Yeah. And he walked away. So he walks away, leaves the locker room. This was a clear reference to the L.A. Knight gimmick that he portrayed while he was in NXT. Yeah was a part of his catchphrase and his promo when he was Eli Drake in TNA and Impact Wrestling, and he adopted that in NXT. It definitely seems like there is a gimmick makeover coming for Max Dupree and perhaps the entire Maximum Male Model Stable, or Max is going to remove himself from the group, which I think should be the right thing to do. I think that's the best thing to do. Get him away from these fucking clowns, and let's get L.A. Knight back on television. L.A. Knight, or Max Dupree, being removed from this group and re-gimmicking him with the L.A. Knight character that he had in NXT, which was something that worked under the Triple H era of NXT, you're going to add another top-tier guy to your show. He can be plugged in, in and do anything. You want him to be a heel, he'll be a heel. You want him to be a babyface, he'll be a babyface. You want him to wrestle for the Intercontinental World title, it'll work. He is a valuable asset. And I pray to God that this is him adopting that L.A. Knight character once again. It is ridiculous that we have somebody like this who could add such great value to your show, just wasting away being a fucking manager for Mansoor and Dio Mad Mace. Give me a break. That's the Vince McMahon line of thing. This is Triple H's fucking show now. How do we maximize our talent and how do we change what SmackDown used to be to SmackDown being a fucking A-plus show? Certainly not with fucking L.A. Knight being a manager. L.A. Knight, the in-ring performer, hopefully he's on his way back. That is excellent. And I hope that's where we're going. Main event. Solo, Sokoa, and Drew McIntyre in the main event. This went to a DQ finish. Karrion Cross interfered, and he attacked Drew McIntyre, giving Drew the win. Solo Sokoa protected in his debut in-ring match on SmackDown. So, Drew went for an early Claymore. Usos yanked him out of the ring to ringside. Sokoa was on offense after the break. Drew made a comeback. This is when he set up a running dive. Drew McIntyre was setting up a running dive onto Solo on the outside, and Sammy grabbed his leg from underneath the bottom rope. Referee didn't see it. Drew tossed Sammy into the ring. Drew signaled for a claymore, but Sokoa intercepted him with a super kick. Drew McIntyre goes down. Sokoa goes for a near fall, gets a two count. Usos and Sammy then attack Drew. The Street Profits ran out to help Drew. So obviously, they're teasing the Street Profits getting another opportunity at the Usos. Because they announced that fatal four-way that Braun Strowman had ruined on Monday. We're getting it on Friday next week. So that's Alpha Academy, Los Lotharios, the Usos, uh, or not the Usos, the Street Profits. And I believe, who is it? It is, uh, let me see. It was, um, who was the other team? It was Angel Humberto, Otis Gable, New Day, and the Street Profits. So that fatal four-way that was on Monday, we're getting that on Friday. So the Usos were attacked by the Street Profits here, kind of gives you a glimpse as to who may win that fatal four-way tag team match next week on Friday Night SmackDown. So they're out there, and they're all flying everywhere, and they're beating each other up. Ford leapt off the top rope and dove onto everybody at ringside. Bodies are everywhere. Drew landed the Claymore kick, which knocks Sokoa out of the ring. 
And then all of a sudden, Karrion Cross comes in from behind and attack Drew and put him in the cross jacket sleeper. As soon as Cross hit the ring, we go from a full color screen to instantly a black and white cinematic screen as Karrion Cross is choking out Drew McIntyre on the mat. He applies the sleeper hold. He, he you know, puts it on tight. He grabs his throat, wraps his legs around McIntyre. Nowhere for him to go. The black and white signifies basically, you know, Karrion Cross's gimmick. Everything he's done, everything he said has been in black and white. His entrance is in black and white. So that goes along with the vibe of his gimmick. They maintain the sleeper hold throughout the end of the show, and all of a sudden we start to see the lights go out uh, on the TV. Not in the arena, but we, we start to get a screen that fades to black, and all we hear is, is Michael Cole and Corey Graves yelling, you know, perhaps, uh, this, uh, perhaps he wants to reset the timeline here on SmackDown. And Michael Cole's calling for help to the back, and Corey Graves is asking for help. They can't believe what's going on. So we get a fade to black on the end of SmackDown, and we hear their voices, and we see nothing else. And that's the last thing we see. We see nothing but a black screen of Michael Cole and Corey Graves just yelling at the top of their lungs. And SmackDown goes off the air. So Solo Sokoa gets his main roster debut. He gets protected. He gets in there, and they put him in a situation where he can't lose. So they go with a DQ finish. I don't really mind it, but, you know, you want to get Solo Sokoa a main roster victory in his first match, and then you can do the fuckery, you know, in, in the next weeks to follow. But that's what they wanted to go with today. So we get all that. Solo gets protected. He gets in there and has a decent match with Drew McIntyre. He wasn't all that great in the ring. And I, I felt like there was a little, a little bit of a miscommunication there on Solo and Drew McIntyre's part, being that they've never worked together, which is, you know, it's going to happen. And we get the Extreme Rules build, which I'm assuming we're going to get Cross and McIntyre at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view in some type of stipulation match. So that's the way SmackDown went off the air. And, you know, it's not really a part of SmackDown. This match was just there. You know, basically, Levesque and Triple H, you know, Triple H is not invested in this. You know, he just put Solo Sokoa out there just to get him some exposure but it doesn't really matter. Nothing, nothing that happened tonight mattered. It's all about Cross and McIntyre. And that's exactly what he wanted to tell you. That's what Triple H wanted to tell you. So we got this build going into Extreme Rules. And we got Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan. And we're probably going to get some more stuff coming out of Monday Night Raw. Possibly Dexter Loomis and The Miz. And whatever else they got planned for uh, Extreme Rules. Maybe, uh, I don't know who Bobby Lash is going to be defending that title against. We, maybe a Sheamus versus Gunther match. Maybe we get... Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory. I don't know. So we got uh, a couple of different ways we could go for Extreme Rules, but I thought SmackDown tonight was good. A lot better than it was last week. It was better than Monday Night Raw. And a focus on Extreme Rules is always a thumbs up for me as well. Moving on. We are going to go over AEW Rampage in just a little bit. I want to check the chat. I want to take a sip of my cold beverage. Excellent. 2,400. I appreciate you guys very much. Hit that thumbs up, man. We need 85 more likes for 1,000 minimum. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Five new members tonight, man. Let's make it 10. 
Get them on in. You guys are going to get those new emotes in a couple of weeks, man. Very excited to unleash them. And get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. As always, you guys can ask anything you want. Want to ask about Punk? You want to ask about SmackDown tonight, Rampage? You name it. Super chats are yours. Tonight, show is sponsored by Established Titles. Established Titles is a project based on historic Scottish customs where landowners are referred to as lords and ladies in English. We allow people to buy as little as one square foot of dedicated land, says Established Titles, so that they they can call themselves a lord or a lady. They are committed to planting a tree with every order as well. It is a fun, novel way to help preserve the picturesque woodlands of Scotland while supporting global efforts as far as planting trees and nature as well. Now, I signed up and I got my proclamation. I am now referred to as a lord. Lord JD has by way of notice this 16th day of August in the year of 2022. I now own one square foot of land. This is awesome. This makes a great gift. This makes a great office piece for yourself. You guys got Christmas coming up, man. It'll be here before you know it. This makes a great gift. So, if you guys want to sign up for this, man, like I said, title, established titles give you at least one square foot of dedicated land on a private estate in Scotland and an official certificate with a crest, like I just showed you. Your certificate features a unique plot number, which you can see the exact location of where your land is, and they plant a tree with every order and work with global charities, one tree planted and trees for the future to support global reforestation efforts. How awesome is that? Make sure you guys go and check this out, man. It's really cool. Established Titles is actually running a massive sale right now. So if you, if you guys go to establishedtitles.com slash scripts or use the code scripts at establishedtitles.com, you guys are going to get 10% off. It helps them out. It helps the channel out. And I, I love it. I think it's great. So make sure you guys go and check them out. And I want to thank them for, once again, supporting the podcast right here on Off the Script. The established titles also told me that the first 200 people purchasing a title pack with my link will effectively be next to my plot. So just want to make sure you guys know that as well. You guys order, and the first 200 people purchasing a title pack using my link will be right next to where my plot is. Within two minutes walking distance. That's incredible. Now, depending on how many of you want to become a lord or a lady, we can build our, you know, little kingdom together. The OTS kingdom in Scotland. I love it. Moving on to Rampage, man. Rampage was taped. Rampage was a tape show. Not really all that impressed by the taped episodes of Rampage, but this one was a lot better than what we have been given. And there was some level of importance to this show because we got a Tournament of Champions match. Sammy Guevara with Tay Mello versus Darby Allen 
No sting in his corner. This is to see who fights John Moxley on Dynamite Wednesday to advance to Grand Slam. So you guys know these two always put on banger matches. I mean, I didn't really get a sense of this match being a banger match like I know they had a couple of years back. This was good, but it wasn't banger-like level. So we go to commercial break, and Darby Allen hesitated for a tope right before the commercial break because Tay Mello got involved, and she blocked Darby from blasting Sammy with his tope. Allen hesitated, went for the tope anyway, dove right into a cutter with Guevara catching him on the outside, and we go to commercial break. Allen caught Guevara with a code red. They start fighting out to the floor. Allen caught a super kick. He stopped to make out with his wife, which is always a thing. Allen caught him with a high-speed tope, knocked him out. Darby Allen's got the best tope in the business. Back in the ring, Allen took off Guevara's wedding ring. He was teasing, throwing it into the crowd. Mello demanded the ring back. Guevara caught him with a high knee. Guevara hit a double jump cutter for a near fall. Guevara went for the coffin drop, but Allen got out of the way. Anna JAS ran in to distract the referee as Allen went up for the coffin drop. Mello climbed up there and hit a low blow on Darby Allen. Guevara powerbombed Allen onto Darby's skateboard, which was in the ring, brought in by Tay as well. He powerbombed Darby on the skateboard, wheels up. That's got to suck. Now, it didn't look like he blasted him completely with it, but he grazed it, but I'm sure that shit still sucks. Guevara hit the go to hell, and that was it. One, two, three, and Sammy Guevara is going on to wrestle John Moxley on Wednesday, which should be a great match. John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara in the semifinals of the Tournament of Champions. The winner of that match goes on to Grand Slam in the finals and will face the winner of Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. I'm still sticking to my guns. I think John Moxley versus Brian Danielson is the match to go with. Uh, it's not going to be Jericho versus Moxley. It's not going to be Jericho versus Sammy. It's not going to be anything but Moxley and Brian. That's it. Wednesday's Dynamite was treated as a soft reset. I felt it. I seen it. The emphatic promos by Moxley and Wardlow said as much. Those promos were calls to action. Then you had the backstage meeting that was conducted by Moxley himself, Jericho, and Brian Danielson. The locker room environment was a lot better than it was over the weekend. There was hope in the locker room. And we're going to go over all this. I got even more information on everything on Sunday's live episode 443. We'll be live Sunday night with the podcast on YouTube. Brian and Moxley, that is it. Those are your two leaders in that locker room. Those are the people that are most respected in that locker room. And that who should be fighting for that's who should be fighting for the world championship. Either one of those guys leading the company is exactly what the company needs. So, like I said, yes, it's a soft reset. It felt like a soft reset on Dynamite. Not only was it a focus show, a soft reset, but Grand Slam, if it's Brian and Moxley. It's going to be a celebration of a new day, of a new era. That's exactly what that match is going to be, and that, to me, is very important, and Tony Khan should not pass that up. Samoa Joe 
He cut an in-ring promo. Nice to see Samoa Joe back on television. Says he's happy to be back in AEW with the Ring of Honor TV title. I really, I really wish, I really wish that they would get the TV title shit and the Ring of Honor shit off of AEW television. I, I really, I really do. I can't stand this shit on television. What is going on in the chat? What is going on in the chat? I, I, I see people arguing with Ty Breezy. I, I don't understand. What, what, what is Ty Breezy doing in the chat? I'm sorry that I'm, my attention is swayed from, from what I'm talking about. What, what is going on in the chat? Why are you arguing? If Ty Breezy is if Ty Breezy is a problem, get him the fuck out of here. Seriously, I don't want. I may just turn on channels uh, members only. To be honest with you, you got one fucking chance. Shut the fuck up or get the fuck out. Shut up or get out. We're about to end the stream after this rampage portion of the show. Anyway, Ring of Honor needs to be off Dynamite. I say this every fucking week. Anything Ring of Honor related, get it off TV. I don't know why we have it. Glad to see Samoa Joe back. Samoa Joe, Cesaro, Claudio, you know, um, what's his fucking name? Wheeler Yuta. Those guys should be doing AEW business on AEW television, not Ring of Honor business on AEW television. I really wish Ring of Honor would fucking announce a TV deal or get their own fucking show and get these guys off the show and do Ring of Honor business. So, Joe promised violence, which brought out smart Mark Sterling. Josh Woods saved Sterling from an attack from the TNT champion Wardlow. Sterling believes Woods has earned a shot at the Ring of Honor Television Championship. Joe was agreeable to it. So, he says, next week. Why don't we do it next week in Albany? So, we got Josh Woods versus Samoa Joe for the TV title next week on Rampage. Serena Deeb defeated Madison Rain in about four minutes. Boring, boring, boring. Serena Deeb deserves better. I don't know why Madison Rain is on TV. She's a fucking agent and a producer backstage. Why is she on TV? I, I don't get it. Serena Deeb should be on TV. Madison Rain, no. So Serena Deeb wins, and that was basically it. Serenity lock, tap out, goodbye. Miro cut a promo on God. First, he's angry. That the devil snuck out the back door and his gold, the TNT title, is not around his waist and is around the waist of lesser men. And he's not in the World Championship Tournament either. Belt the Redeemer now. You're going to set up Wardlow versus Miro or Wardlow versus the World Champion, whoever that may be. I'm here for either one of those situations. Either one of those situations. Lexi Nair interviewed Jade Cargill and the baddies. She is gloating over her 37 and 0. 37, 38, 50 and 0, whatever. I told you I was going to beat Athena. Now Athena moves to the back of the line. Anybody that wants to step up, business is open. Jamie Hayter should be the one to take out Jade Cargill and win the TBS championship. No questions asked. No questions asked. Will Hobbs, Lexi Nair interviewed Powerhouse Hobbs about his surprising win at All Out 
He's ready to open up the book of Hobbes. I don't know what the book of Hobbes means, but maybe he's the one to challenge Wardlow for the TNT title at the pay-per-view. I don't know. Or at Grand Slam, maybe. I don't know. Dynamite on Wednesday, we're seeing Britt Baker and Serena D versus Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm. I don't know why, but it's there. John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara in a world title tournament match. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson in a world title tournament match. Ring of Honor TV champion Samoa Joe versus Josh Woods with the title on the line next Friday. And then the main event, Ring of Honor world champion Claudio versus Dax Harwood. This was awesome. That Caprice Coleman on commentary for the match. Claudio gets the victory here. As you would expect, there's no reason why Dax Harwood would win the Ring of Honor World Championship. After a commercial break, Harwood countered a pop-up uppercut attempt with a backslide. Claudio went for a boot, but Harwood got him up into the slingshot. Liger bomb for a near fall. Claudio went for a charge in the corner, but missed, and Harwood got him with a pair of German suplexes. Harwood went for a top rope suplex. Claudio countered into a crossbody. Harwood rolled through, got a near fall off the roll through. Both men exchanged forearms. Castagnoli got the upper hand. Crowd started to get behind Claudio after the crowd was kind of lukewarm to this entire match. I, I, I can't see why. I, 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 don't, I don't understand why they were lukewarm to it. This is what happens when you put these matches together with no real heat. So Claudio, he got the crowd behind him. And he gave Harwood the giant swing. Then locked in the sharpshooter. Harwood got to the ropes. Claudio countered with a cross face. Harwood rolled through uh, and locked on a sharpshooter of his own. Castagnoli escaped, and he got some elbows and forearms on Harwood, locked on a sharpshooter, and Dax tapped out. Basically, one of the best matches of the entire week. Just nobody gave a shit about it. Nobody gave a shit about it. No heat. There's no heat behind it. You give me a great fucking match. There's no story. There's no heat. Ring of Honor. Nobody gives a shit about Ring of Honor. Everybody loves FTR. Everybody loves Claudio. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to get these two guys in the ring and there's no reaction. This is why either A, get this shit off television and B, Rampage needs to be fucking live every week. Live! Imagine giving these two guys no reaction. It's fucking ridiculous. After the match, Regal helped Harwood to his feet. They shook hands, and that was the show. Yes, Dax didn't do anything to deserve it. It's fucking stupid. It's stupid. Anyway. I'm going to need the chat to calm down, man. I don't know who's causing shit in the chat, causing problems in the chat. You better shut the fuck up and calm the fuck down. Otherwise, I'll get you out of here personally. I don't give a shit how long you've been watching me. Stop arguing with people that are here every single day in the chat. Stop. We're going to get into the Super Chats. I appreciate you guys very much. Again, shout out to my new sponsor for tonight's show, man. Established Titles. Super cool, man. It's super cool. If you guys want to get yourself something, get a family relative something. Holidays are coming up. You got a birthday coming up, possibly. 
And like I said, man, established titles told me that the first 200 people purchasing a title pack using my link will effectively get a plot of land next to mine within two minutes walking distance. We can be a lord of the OTS kingdom. Love it. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Links are down below in the description. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and go check out all the other content on the channel, man. We had 11,000 live viewers between Tuesday and Wednesday. How great is that? How great is that? Let's start at the top, man. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. I saw my meet tonight. There was plenty of meat on tonight's show, bro. Plenty of meat on tonight's show. We got Tay. We got Anna on Rampage, right? We got... On SmackDown, who'd we get? Lacey, I guess. Lacey's got some meat. Zia Lee. Gigi Dolan. Tony Brown had his fix tonight, man. Always happy to see Tony Brown. Joseph Taylor with a two-dollar super chat. Sammy is a good-looking guy. Yes, he is. Sammy is a handsome man. Montreal Rather with a ten-dollar super chat. This reminds me of the Batman Nightfall comics, where Drew is Batman and Cross is Bane, waiting until he's weakened and tried, weakened and tired, and then attacked. I could see that. I could see them absolutely taking influence from that. And that's not a bad influence at all. I think that's great. JP5150 with a $10 super chat. I can't think of a better place to chill and celebrate my 34th birthday than right here at the beer garden. Thank you for always being here, JD. Cheers to the OTS family. Casa Dragones over ice, if you please. Absolutely, brother. The bottle is yours tonight. I need everybody in the venue to leave JP some birthday cake and some shot glass emojis, man. That is awesome. 35th birthday for my boy, JP5150. Jaxo, 23 with a $10 Super Chat. Does anyone feel like Zayn is getting kicked out of the bloodline very soon? And I'm excited for Drew vs. Cross. And also, Ronda is taking the SmackDown Women's title from Liv at Extreme Rules. Yes. Yes, she is. I'm excited to see Sammy kicked out of the bloodline. Jake Ake with a $2 Super Chat. Watching your Braves play my Seattle Mariners. Thank you for reminding me, Jake Ake. I'm sorry. Uh, what is the score? And the Braves win 6-4. Beautiful. And the Mets lost. And the Braves are officially in first place. Eight games in a row. Oh, my goodness. The Braves right now sit. As the second best team in the National League. And the third best team in all of baseball. 
Record-wise, the Dodgers and the Astros are number one and two. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. IWC Royalty, JD. I don't know if I'm wrong. I may be royalty now, uh, Tony Brown. I am now a lord. Lord JD. Sports entertainment fan with a new membership. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking tonight? Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. It seems that Raw is the clown show and SmackDown is the wrestling show. Yeah, Raw needs to be on the same level, man. It's tough. It's a three-hour show. SmackDown is so much more digestible, two hours. Philip Newton with a new membership as well. Thank you, Philip. What are you drinking tonight, brother? Also, he says, Guevara versus Allen, chef's kiss. Such chemistry. Yeah. I mean, it was a good match. I mean, you can't really do much in 11 minutes. They've done a lot better. Lena Scorpio with a $2 super chat. Wow, did you see Mercedes and Trinity's New York City fashion pics? I did not. I did see a picture of Sasha, Naomi, Titus O'Neil, and Bailey at Yankee Stadium a couple of days ago, which is pretty cool. Thank you, Lena Scorpio. Elijah Record, man, $200 Super Chat. Thank you once again, brother. Showing some love, J.D. Been watching since 2014. Keep up the great work as always. Can't wait to see what Triple H has in store for Cross. Hashtag OTS for life. Hashtag get him out. Thank you again, brother. The mullet with a $5 super chat. What do you think about Wardlow versus Claudio at Grand Slam? No. Wardlow can't lose, and Claudio is the Ring of Honor world champion. He can't lose any to anybody. Oscar Cologne with a $10 super chat and leaves no message. But then he follows up with a $4.99 super chat. Great show, J.D., from Chesterfield, Virginia. OTS for life. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Moro, please, J.D. Or Moro, please, Triple H. No. Uh, If Moro comes in, he's got to be a play-by-play. Moro's not coming in to be color. Larry the Dog with a 499 Super Chat. You may know him as CM Punk, but to me, he's my only father I have, and I love him. We're not perfect, but we can try to be better. Thank you, Kenny. Wow, man. Larry the Dog all the way from Chicago leaving a 499 Super Chat. Thank you, Larry the Dog. You are quite the handsome fellow. Oscar Cologne becomes a new member. Oscar, what are you drinking, brother? Joey Avalone with a $1 Super Chat. Put it in the tip jar for the beautiful bartender right now serving the cold beverages. I don't need it. Ruger's World becomes a new member. Ruger's, what are you drinking, man? Treehouse with a $10 Super Chat. OTS, my sweet babies. Monique voice. LOL, JD salute. Keep going. Always love, bro. Chat fam, 100%. Shout out to my brother, Hulagrim. Thank you, Treehouse. And we just got another bomb. We got another bomb from Jaxo23 with a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. 
Hey, JD, for Raw on Monday, Bianca will be having an open challenge for the Raw Women's Championship, and also I kind of knew Roman was not going to defend the title through September. Also, Moxie versus Guevara and Brian versus Jericho is going to be great and great show. OTS forever. Thank you, Jaxo. I appreciate you, brother. That deserves another round of applause. Thank you so much, man. Oscar Cologne with a 199 Super Chat. OTS is the ones and everybody else are the twos. I agree. Absolutely agree. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. It's Crown Jewel on November 5th. There you go. Thank you, Joseph Taylor. Philip Newton with a $4.99 Super Chat. Just what WWE needs. More wee I can run fast because I'm broad and I'm st- st- stupid. <laughs> TVP83 with a $5 Super Chat. I have a feeling we will get Ronda versus Liv in a submission match at Extreme Rules. Agree or disagree? Well, if it is a submission match, Liv is finished for real. For good. There's no way she's beating Ronda Rousey in a submission match. Phil Newton with a 199 Super Chat. Liv Morgan is just a paper champion. Yes, she is. Wellington T with a $5 Super Chat. If this Drew and Roman feud continues for a bit longer, it would be interesting to see the Bloodline versus Team Drew at Survivor Series. I mean, I'd love to see that. Who would be Team Drew, though? Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and who else? Who else? Skinner with a 499 Super Chat. What do you think of Johnny Gargano's in-ring debut next week on Raw? I'm excited for it. It's going to be great. And do you think they use that match to set up him in theory at the pay-per-view? Yes, I do. Sports Entertainment fan with a $2 Super Chat. Acknowledge JD as the best in the IWC. Braun Strowman, I could see that. I could see Braun Strowman being a part of Team uh, Drew. Yes. Well, keep in mind, guys, the bloodline is four. Or maybe it's five. Mino, maybe, Mino, what? How about this? Roman, Roman the Usos, Solo, and Sammy versus Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, the Street Profits, and Braun Strowman. How about that? Makes sense, right? Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but I like the sound of that. I definitely like the sound of that. Uh, Skinner, I'm excited for Johnny Gargano's in-ring debut, and yes. Sports Entertainment fan with a $2 Super Chat. Acknowledge JD is the best in the IWC. Thank you, brother. Drizzy Drew with a $4.99 Super Chat. Her report saying Punk premeditated his rant and told someone that the scrum would be interesting just two weeks before the pay-per-view. Ridiculous, man. Yes, because he, he knew Nick Houseman was going to be there. Because of comments made by Nick Houseman at one of the Ring of Honor scrums that he was a part of. It wasn't planned as in it being a work, 
Punk knew Houseman was gonna be there, and Punk sought and seeked out Houseman. Desmond with a new membership. Thank you, Desmond D3. What are you drinking, brother? Jonathan McArdle with a 1999 Super Chat. What are you drinking, rare breed man? It's very good. I don't know. I never heard of rare breed, bro. What is rare breed? GP with a $5 Super Chat. Sportskeeda and others reporting planets for Roman to keep the title till sometime after Mania. Thoughts? You know, the goat of the IWC. Uh, I think that's terrible. I don't know where you read that. Um, Rock versus Roman does not need the championships. And I hope we don't get Rock Roman. I hope we get Cody versus Roman and Cody wins the titles at WrestleMania. Miles Marable with a 499 Super Jet. JD, which Undertaker WrestleMania undefeated streak match that we should have gotten do you prefer? Undertaker versus Cena or Undertaker versus Sting? Undertaker versus Cena, no doubt about it. During that time when Cena was full-time, there was just a sense around Cena where he was just untouchable and unbeatable. And putting him in that spot with The Undertaker at WrestleMania and the unpredictability around it, it could have made for some really, really special near falls. And a special match just based on how Cena was treated. That should have been the match. Honestly, it should have been the match at WrestleMania 30 instead of Cena versus Wyatt. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. In my honest opinion, Gigi Dolan is the goat of booty meat. Yes, I mean, she's she's gorgeous, man, so. I agree with you there. Pony Soze with a $4.99 super chat. JD, bro, keep up the amazing work. Now that Hunter is in charge, how about a glorious heel turn from Bobby Roode? Yes. I'd love to see Bobby Roode return. I don't know what the fuck is taking him so long. Did Cody really tweet and delete? People wonder why I left. Egos, man. It's just ego. DJ Israr Mix. DJ Israr 199. Love toxic attraction. They need to win, right? No. No, they don't. Jaxo, thank you again, brother, for the $100 Super Chat. Kenny Omega's leg with a $2 Super Chat. Just so you know, I was sweaty when Ace bit me. Apparently, he's a member, too, for two months. Thank you, Kenny Omega's leg. DJ Israr, Israr again, with a $4.99 Super Chat. Dodgers here, sorry, but do you think we will see Drew vs. Cross at Extreme Rules. Yes, I do. Joseph Taylor. Well, they two dollars super chat. AJ Styles vs. Kenny Omega in the future. Five stars. We may never get that, bro.
Yes, I did see the cigar pick, but that could be interpreted in so many ways. I love that cigar pick. Larry the dog with a 499 Super Chat. I have to go to bed now before this fragile man takes my phone. I can tell you guys this now. April runs this household. <laughs> oh, man. I love that. I love Larry the dog, man. Thank you so much, Larry. Furious Nation with a $20 Super Chat. What's up, JD? SmackDown was good tonight. Ending was beautiful. SmackDown honestly feels like 2016 SmackDown. Raw needs to step it up. Also, should Ronda vs. Liv Extreme Rules be ultimate submission match? No. Now, we want to beat Liv. We don't want to completely bury Liv. Ronda wins at Extreme Rules. No stipulation needed. Desmond with a 9.99. Honestly, I think Tony Khan needs to keep the Ring of Honor title matches off AEW TV and keep it on Ring of Honor where it's supposed to be. I agree. We can't even get the fucking AEW titles right, man. He's got Ring of Honor titles on there. It's all over the place. Kenny Omega's leg with a $5 super chat. I heard Tony Khan wanted to hold a tournament to crown an interim queen of the United Kingdom. I wouldn't put it past him, Kenny Omega's leg. Jonathan McArdle with a 999 super chat. Rear Breed is a wild turkey brand. Haven't had it, bro. Haven't had it, man. I don't drink wild turkey. And Fiorius Nation with a $20 super chat. In your opinion, if we do Sheamus versus Gunther for the IC title at WrestleMania, would you do Imperium versus Legato del Fantasma before WrestleMania? Thoughts? I don't even know where I put Legato on the main roster, bro. I don't. I don't even know where they fit in. Also, thoughts on reuniting the Wyatt family on SmackDown with Bray, Bo, Rowan, and Strowman. I have, uh, I have no idea, bro. I, uh, I would bring back, I would bring back Bray and Bo. I would. I would go full on Wyatt family. Let's bring back the Wyatt family and get them on TV. I think that's the best way to go. And Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. I might get hate for this comment, but when I see JC Jane, why does she look like the great Amy Winehouse? She does. She does. I think she does. That's a good comparison, Joseph. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. Also, did you hear about Gable Stevenson? NIL, in my opinion, is a complete joke. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he's not coming along uh, as fast as they want him to. And a $2 super chat from Bart. Braves in first. Let's fucking go. Absolutely. Bart, comment of the night, bro. Thank you, brother. Guys, the support has been tremendous. The live streams, number one. Off the scripts, hottest it's ever been. And I'll be back live on Sunday night, man. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. If there's any news at all, I may have a little extra for you tomorrow. But we will be live Sunday night, 8 p.m. Going over what crazy week it was, man. With even more news. 
and some other stuff that I didn't even get a chance to cover because of all the CM Punk drama. Follow me on social media, guys, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Please go check out Established Titles, my sponsor for today's show, establishedtitles.com slash scripts or code scripts at checkout, 10% off. Really awesome stuff there. And go check out all the other content and the live streams on the channel. Guys, I need that music on max as I get the hell out of here, man. I'll see you guys possibly tomorrow with an extra and definitely Sunday night live in the beer garden for another live episode of Off the Script, episode 443. Until then, guys, have a good night. Enjoy Saturdays, and I'll see you Sunday night.